0: Hey, hey, hey. You're now tuned in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones, Jr., the underdog with heroic heart. And I have conversations with successful underdogs. And today I have a successful underdog, Allison uh, Can you say your last name? Maynard. Maynard. I don't know why I just had a mind blank, but Maynard. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Had a pretty good Monday. You know, I'm a a kindergarten teacher, so you know, Mondays is is hit or miss.
1: How long have you been back in school for? Uh,
0: this is my third week.
1: Okay, schools in California—they're just going back like right now. So you're a little bit ahead of the game. You're back into that routine now.
0: Yeah, our school. uh, Well. Most of the schools here in Indianapolis are like year round. So a lot of the kids started like end of July. A lot of them started the first. Some still are, you know, just starting school last week. And then I'm from up north Indiana. I don't know. I think they just started school or they start school this this week. So, yeah, it's different all over. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we... Before we get into our conversation of how you're a successful underdog, today's episode is brought to you by Christian Dewine. That's my personal brand. It's me and my son. Uh, Positive energy through your clothes. If you use the promo code underdog talk and underdog is spelled U-N-D-E-R-W, I mean, D-A-W-G and you will get 15% off. I don't know what's going on today, uh. but you, uh, ChristianDewan.com, and Dewan is spelled D-E-J-U-A-N, and use the promo code, and you get 15% off. So let's get into our successful underdog, Miss Allison. Um, She was in education for few years, I would say a few, we ain't gonna gonna throw all the numbers out there, but you were an English teacher and an AVID teacher. So how was teaching for you when you first started? Was was that something that you wanted to do? Like, oh, I'm going to school for teaching or was it something that just happened for you?
1: Well, (laughs) I actually wanted to be a pediatrician growing up. And so that was my mindset all through school. And then I took AP biology in high school, and I hated it. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think being a doctor is really what I should be doing. So um, I had a really, really good English teacher. Her name is Margie Blevins, and um, she was my mentor. And I was like, you know what? I think I should go into teaching. And so that's what I did because of her. So from the time I was basically um, a freshman in college on, I just had the mindset that I was going to go into teaching. Now, if I could go back and do it again, I would have done things a lot different, obviously.
0: Yeah, definitely understand that. So for me, um, I've been teaching for this going on my sixth year. Definitely wasn't something that I thought I was going to be doing. I didn't like school as a kid. Like school just wasn't for me. I don't necessarily agree. Um full force of school, like the long haul of school, just depending on what route you're going in life. But um, I so happen to get a job being an assistant and now I'm a teacher. So sometimes, you know, you go into it, you want to be a teacher. Sometimes you just so happen. So it's different. Our journeys are definitely different. So um, you taught high school from, well, from middle school on up to high school. How was, how was it being a teacher? Was it cool? Was it enjoyable I mean I know how it is to be a teacher but just from another uh, educator like how was it for you
1: I mean I I loved being in the classroom with my kids like that's where the magic happened that was that like there was just so much beauty in those moments being in the classroom teaching and that's like the one thing I miss actually is being in the classroom with the kids and interacting with them With that being said, when you take everything else into consideration, you know, the administration, the mandated uh, pacing guides, uh, all of the interruptions that happen, the fact that I had sometimes 150 students as an English teacher. So not only was I interacting with the kids, but I also had all that paperwork to grade. And a good English teacher actually marks up their papers. And I don't blame them, but there's a lot of English teachers who are stepping away from marking up papers because like they just don't have the time or the capacity to do it. So um, over time, it just started to get more burdensome and more burdensome. And I stayed longer than I probably originally had wanted to. But, you know, like I do miss my kids. Like I still talk to a ton of them. I'm still in contact with on social media with a lot of them. So it was that interaction with the kids. that was the best part, but everything else that came into it, ugh, it was just, it was too much.
0: I definitely uh, understand what you're saying. Cause like when you're in the classroom with your kids and you're helping them and you're seeing them grow throughout the school year, that's, that's where it's at. Like, it's not where somebody comes in and say, Hey, you're not doing this right or that sometimes it's like, what you, what you got me to do, they don't get that. So let me explain it another way. That's, that's how I am. Like I try to break it down into the form where kids. And that's like you said, that's where the magic happens. And you have a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I understand what you're talking about. Now that I'm a full-time teacher, the pacing guys, um, all these, the data that you have to do, prepare kids for this. And it's like, Some of these kids, they—I'm a kindergarten teacher. It's like they don't even know how to chew gum and walk down the hallway. Like they don't know how to do hugs in a uh, hugs in a bubble. Like, and you want them to do what? Okay, so I definitely understand the the um the background part that you're talking of, and like you said, like seeing students like so. This girl i think she was maybe first grade when i maybe kenny first grade kindergarten when i worked at this other school and she came up to me the other day she was like you worked at uh central i was like yeah She was like do you remember me and I, her face i remember and i was like yeah i do remember you i just can't remember what was what's your name and she just started smiling and it's funny because i always go through the hallways and be like hey your shoes untied it'd it be with the people that don't have um shoestrings and she remembered that and today she walked by me she's like your shoe untied I'm like you're not about to get me with my stuff so just that part of you know kids remembering you and smiling that's that's what it's about being mm-hmm. a teacher being an educator whatever you do in the school it don't matter if you're the lunch lady or the the secretary like your impact on these children is very important and that's what they take. They take about who cares for them. So um You said you stayed a little longer than what you thought. Why? Why did you stay not? Well, I mean, it's a job and stuff happens. But why did you say that you stayed too long?
1: Well, I have a bunch of uh, medical issues. I had three surgeries um, over the course of about five years. And honestly, I needed my medical insurance because I was diagnosed with endometriosis and I needed, you know, surgeries and health health care in America is not cheap if you're not insured. And so I had all my doctors dialed in, I knew what hospitals I could go to, like, I just, I knew what I needed to do on that insurance policy, my coverage was really good. So um, I, I ended up staying probably four or five years longer than I had originally wanted to, because I had health issues. And so You know, I stayed for the benefits, even though I was still fabulous at what I did. I still, you know, gave it as much as I could, considering the circumstances behind my health conditions. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a lot trying to teach Well, you know, I had my first surgery (laughs) I did on Valentine's day, 2016. And I went back to work a week later because doctors like, Oh, you'll be fine. I was not fine. It (laughs) took me, it took me weeks to start to feel better. Um, after that surgery, because you know how much energy you have to take to teach. Like sometimes it's hurting cats and, you know, sit down, do this, stop doing that, like just constantly. So it's just, it's an energy drain. So trying trying to find the balance between that was really hard, but I, I needed the medical insurance. So that was the primary reason why I stayed.
0: Kudos to you. Like, I, I, I can't wait till I get the little boy where I had a, a, clapping hands and all that stuff. But kudos, because I know how it is. Like when your health takes a toll, like some days you like, man, skip them kids. Like, I need to stay at home. Like, it's crazy. This is I'm at a new school and this is going into the third week. So the first week of actual school, I had to get my wisdom tooth out because I was in so much pain. Like I couldn't even be at school. So I missed a day because of that. So then the next week I get sick and it's like, what the heck? So I definitely understand like life happens, stuff happens where you have to miss school or you have to work and you're sick or you're working through pain and stuff like that. Cause I deal, deal with pain, um, because I have a disability and I deal with that, you know, every day, nobody knows too much about it, but I, you know, I have to go every day back might hurt shoulders, whatever the case, but you still got to do what you got to do. And kudos. Cause you said you had surgery and I've had plenty of surgeries, and I know some surgeries you gotta sit down. It's not, hey, go back to work or go back to school or whatever. It's like I need a break, especially depending on what you do. So I definitely kudos to you for that, for fighting through that, because that's not a joke having health issues and then having to deal with kids. Because kids don't care. They don't. They hey, you long as you there. They hey, you know they. You could be sick as a dog, kids kids won't care. They like, long as you here, long as you're teaching me, long as I like you as a teacher, I'm glad you're here. When mm-hmm. you're gone, it's like, where are you at?
1: Well, my, um, second, so- my, my second surgery, I actually scheduled two days after the end of the school year, so I would have two full months to recover. So I actually, and then my third surgery, I scheduled a week before Christmas break. So having learned from the first one, I, I scheduled the next two around break periods. So I would have more time to rest and recover.
0: Yeah, that's smart. And see that it took that first one to say, hold on, I'm not about to do this again. Let me schedule these for the right time because yeah, like I'm sure like having surgery, you're missing out, but then you got to make up, you know, all this stuff. Cause you might have a sub and then it's like, you got to update everything. And then you got to get back into it. Like soon as you get to school, it's like, Hey, we need you back. It's not where oh okay you got your surgery here you go we're gonna have somebody help you. It's no oh, I'm glad you're back. Are you okay? Okay you're good. All right see see you um in class and that's that's how it goes sometimes. So yeah, I'm glad man. that you were able to understand that and like hey let me let me schedule these for for times where I can rest. So through those times of your surgery and you know staying a little longer. Where was your mindset at? Was your mindset still like, all right, after this, I'm going to stay in the classroom I'm come back? Or is it like, I got something else I, I think I should be doing?
1: No, I knew I've known for, a, I had known for a while that there was something else I was supposed to be doing. Um, I just didn't know what form it was going to take and how it was going to co- gonna come to fruition. And, you know, you get stuck in the hamster wheel of working. Like you have a paycheck, you have a steady paycheck coming in you know, you know what to expect, it may be a tough environment to work in. But you know, you know, what time you need to be there, You, you already, you know, 17 years, eight years at this particular school, like, you know, the ins and outs of everything. So you get used to it, you get in a routine. So but with each surgery, like I knew my health was directly correlated to the job, because it was just so stressful. And, you know, as time went on in my career, like, school shootings became more and more common. And we started having school shooting, active shooter drills at school. And that just didn't really sit well with me. I had, you know, I had after the um, Parkland shooting, I actually had a mental breakdown and I had to take a few weeks off of school because it was just, it was too much for me. I mean, people don't understand, like we see these shootings happen and we don't understand the impact they have, not just on the people at the school, but everywhere like i'm a teacher in a classroom all the way across the country and it impacted me because nobody can guarantee me to this day that if i'm in a classroom that somebody may not come in and try to shoot me and shoot my kids nobody can guarantee that anymore and so you know that was not part of the job description when i signed up for teaching 17 years ago i've been teaching for 17 years so um i just there were so many different things plus i was the rebel teacher at my school So I was always teaching, oh, I wasn't doing a lot of the things in the district mandated curriculum because I thought it was crap. I thought it was garbage. I didn't think it was conducive for the kids, my kids to actually learn. And when I went into the profession, it was because I was the professional and my professional opinion was supposed to be honored based on what the needs of the kids were. Well, no, they, you know, my district and districts all across the country, like they want everybody learning the same stuff in the same way about the same time of the year. And it wasn't working for my kids. So I taught a lot differently and I was constantly in the principal's office defending my practices. Why are you teaching this? This isn't on the, on the pacing guide. We had a parent complain because this wasn't appropriate. You know, the list goes on. So that also played into my wanting to leave. I was tired of fighting. Mm.
0: Uh, When you say about the school shooting, like, it hit, I think the last one that happened, it hit, like, because I'm, like, before I was an assistant, it's kind of, I don't know, it was just different, but, like, I'm like, man, it's being my kids in here. If somebody comes in, like, what would happen? And we had a uh, trainer, you know, the shooter trainer at our school, and I'm like, okay, sound good, but what if somebody really comes in, like, you know, so I definitely understand where, what you're saying, like, it doesn't just affect you know, that school, that uh, community affects other educators. It's like that hits home when you hear stuff like that. And it's, it kind of is terrifying because what are we supposed to do? We can't go to school armed. It's like, okay, we got a security guard. He can't protect all of us. Like, what do we do? Like, you know, so that definitely hit home and I definitely understand that. And I wouldn't say like, I'm, I get what you're saying. Like, with the, like, everybody has to do this and we're going to do it like this. And it's like, okay, does that work for these kids? Are they actually learning something? Are they taking something away? Now I got kindergartners, so we're teaching the basics. And But when you're in those higher grades, it's like, we need to be teaching our kids about stuff that will happen in life. So they're not like us and they're at 30 and they're just learning about credit and all this different stuff that we should have learned when we were high school, but we didn't learn it because they didn't teach us. And it's like or it's like they're they're teaching us to be average. School is kind of like, OK, this is the average stuff. This is the basic life. But it's like we want to thrive. We want to, you know, be great at whatever we do. And you can't do that with just the basic because I can tell you firsthand. All you got to do is show up every day and put your name on a paper and you can pass.
1: Yeah, Trust man. me, I know. They pass. I know. They don't. It's really hard to actually hold the kid back anymore. They pass them along and pass them along. I remember the high school I used to teach at the incoming class would be around 800 kids. The freshman class, 250 to 300 graduated. So yeah. what what happened to that? For those 500 kids like, oh, look at our graduation rates. Yeah. But let's talk about the attrition rate from freshman year to, to senior year and what you're saying about um, what the schools are, are teaching. Um, you know, what I said to you before we, we hopped on here, the schools are, they want obedient workers. They don't want critical thinkers. They want everybody to kind of be the same and have to rely on somebody else. People who are empowered with knowledge and the ability to think on their own and create things on their own. That's a threat.
0: (laughs) It is because, i'm I'm like the perfect person for that, like I'm in the school, you know all these people that oh I got degrees and all that. that's cool, but can we throw you in the jungle and you come out? Can something happen at the school and you figure it out? Do you need a textbook to figure it out? You gotta read first? No, like when you're a critical thinker, when you educate yourself on reading and just life and you understand life, like you can get through life off of common sense like. They don't teach common sense in school like I teach, I teach my kids common like they'll be like, "Oh, what are you eating? What does it look like I'm eating? Don't ask me what I'm eating. and You see I'm eating chips or why did you do that? You knew you were going to get in trouble, so why did you go over there and do that?" And it's like you're right. It's like we don't teach our kids like our, my school. I love it. We teach social and emotional learning. We're teaching them how to express themselves. So like when stuff does happen, they can you know, they can think for themselves because when you don't allow a kid to talk, they have a lot of thoughts. But then they don't they don't get them out. Like you said, like being a critical thinker is very important. Like nobody wants to. I mean, everybody has to fulfill a job, but that don't mean you have to be a, a, a average Joe to be at that job. You could be great at that job and have other things going on because you're like, I love to be a teacher. I love to be a lawyer. I love to whatever it is. But it's like, oh, I got real estate over here. Oh, I got this over here. So I'm not just depending on that. Because guess what? If you wake up one day and your boss just feels the need that they don't like you, guess what can happen? You can get fired.
1: Well, I just just read about a newscaster up in Canada she had been with the company for 30 years and they just let her go because they wanted to move in a different direction with virtually no warning. 30 wow. years, 30 years. Wow.
0: Yeah. And see, that's the thing. People I um, don't know how old you are. I'm in my later 30s. So like my mom's generation, she's 60. Like so they're like their generation and before them is like, oh, go to this job, work for 30 years. You know, then you get on. Social Security, it's like it was like you said, it was it's a, a hamster wheel. It's just you keep going, you know you're gonna get paid, but it's like it's more to life than that. It's more than life to just go into a job and clocking in and clocking out for somebody else. Nothing wrong with it, but if we create, like you said, um critical thinkers, people that can create stuff, then there'll be more jobs. It's technology now. Like when we look at our kids, it's like, oh, they're always on technology. Cause that's the new wave. Just because we grew up without internet or something of that sort, like, hey, that's the new thing. So with you thinking like that, you always in the principal's office. Um, what was your thoughts on what you were gonna do outside of the school with what you had and what with, with all the knowledge with what you had and how you thought, um, you know, children should be taught us in a certain way.
1: Um, well, when I left my job, I really had no idea what I was gonna do. I just knew, it was it was a really interesting scenario. Um, I had my third surgery in December of 2019 and um, I almost died a few weeks afterwards as a result of that surgery. And so I was taken on, put on medical leave um, and it was only supposed to be for a couple months for me to balance things out, well, then COVID hit. And one of the stipulations of me being out was I had to keep my stress levels really low. So my doctor said, we're just going to keep you out for the rest of the year. So I was off of work for the pretty much the entire second semester of the school year. And in that four and a half months, I started to feel better. I was sleeping better. I was eating better. I was able to go for walks. You know, I was able to really take care of myself. And I had to come to terms with the fact that, you know what, this job is making me sick. And then the whole George Floyd situation happened. And I remember sitting at home with my roommate while we're in quarantine, watching the news. And there was this interview with these two young kids who are at one of the protests. And they were saying things like, you know, the time is now, change is happening. You know, we're going to change the world. And I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to leave for a long time. I have ideas that can really, I think, make a big impact. If I don't leave now, I'm never gonna leave. So I wrote my letter of resignation the next day. So it was a combination of all of that, COVID, George Floyd, my health issues, that really prompted me to resign. Now I didn't have a plan. (laughs) I I jumped, I totally jumped without, without a plan, but I trusted that I would figure things out. So, um, I made my way down to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, which is where I'm at right now. Um, I've been here for the better part of close to two years now, October, 2020 is when I got down here and, um, I got sober. That was another thing that was making the teeth that the, Teaching was contributing to issues with alcohol. So I got down here, I got sober and thought, you know what, what am I going to do? So with the help of my therapist and a business coach, I came up with the concept of creating an online course to teach parents how to fill in the gaps that today's schools are missing.
0: I love it. I love it. I think I'm going (laughs) to make the title of this, this job makes me sick because that's like what does that mean? Like, it literally made you sick. And I love how you said, like, you had no plan. You just jump. Sometimes you just got to jump. But COVID, like COVID either, I mean, uh, you know, you could have, it could have went good for you, could, but you could have lost someone. But COVID either went really good or really bad for people.
1: Exactly. Because
0: you know what it was? Those critical thinkers, the people that create, it's like, Hold on, I got nothing to do. Let me start creating. And a lot of people start creating and becoming influencers or cor- coming up with courses and books and different things because they were able to think. I created my clothing brand um during COVID. Like I've I've been kind of that idea been in my head and I just came up with it in COVID. And uh like the podcast, like getting really back on that. Like uh I had stopped for a while. And I was like, man, I ain't got nothing else to do. Let me start the podcast back up because I was just creative. And that's, you know, that's what happens with people. And I'm glad you got those extra months to realize like, man, this this, this job ain't really for me. This, this, you know, and sometimes people have to realize the job ain't for them. It don't matter what it is. Like sometimes your purpose is bigger than that job. You still could be doing the same thing, but you're doing it on your own terms. And that's a wonderful feeling to, to live out your purpose. Now I was glad you're able to see the video, you know, a kids like, I'm gonna change the world. You're like, hold on, they can change the world. I can change it in being me. And it's funny when you said um, about, not funny that the alcohol got to you that way, but I, I heard a teacher say, um, if you make it through your first year and you don't be an alcoholic, you had a good year. And people don't realize like (laughs) that is rough, but it's it's like kind of almost true. Like I don't drink, so that wouldn't happen with me. But like it just like it is stressful. The job is very stressful because it's like, oh, I'm going to just go home. I don't have nothing to do. Yes, you do. If you're a good teacher, if you want your kids to learn, you're going to do work at home. It don't matter if you feel like at the end of the day, three, three o'clock, four o'clock, whenever you get off okay, I'm done. No, you're going to go home so you can prepare, so you can make sure that you're prepared for your kids so you can make them successful. So it's a very stressful job. But I love that, like you just said, skip it. I'm, I'm going to do something. And I'm going to move. I'm not going to even do it where I live. I'm going to move somewhere else and see what it does over there. And so. that's wonderful because sometimes people don't They they're scared. They stay in their hometown or wherever they're at. It's like they don't get to see the bigger picture. And you were able to see that because you get, you know, exposure. So you get there, you, you know, you get yourself together and you said you created a course. How did that go like at the beginning? Because I know creating a course. I mean, you're used to creating courses and curriculum and all that. But now it's something that you have to create from scratch. Was it like, OK, I'm a teacher. This is kind of easy. Or was it like, oh, shit, I need some help.
1: Um, Both. It was interesting. Like I knew I wanted to create a course based on how I taught in my classroom. Cause I know I taught so differently than so many of the teachers that I worked with, but I didn't know how to get it from here into the world. So, um, I had a business coach that just really helped me kind of, you know, flush it out and get it out of my head onto paper. Once I had it outlined, then it came really easily. Like I, I, I drove back up from Cabo to my parents' house in Long Beach, and I sat at their dining room table for two weeks and outlined, like, everything that I was going to go over in the video. And then I drove out to Las Vegas and filmed out there over the course of three days with a videographer. So, it, and then there was editing that came along. So, like, it's been a really interesting process for me because, I mean, I've been in the teacher education world. My whole life, pretty much my whole life. Like I was in school as a kid. I was in high school. I went to college, you know, multiple times. I got my, my master's degree. I got my national board certification. Yeah, you know, I got my teaching credentials. So I was in a classroom almost my entire life. So now all of a sudden, I'm not in a classroom anymore. So I'm also learning all the bits about being an entrepreneur. So like this is a whole new journey that I'm on. But getting the course, like I just launched it a few weeks ago. So now the next step is sharing my message, because I really do feel that we need to get parents involved in the education process of our kids. I think that's the missing piece. And I know a lot of parents like, whoa, I don't know what to do. I'm not a teacher because we've had this idea for so long. You send your kids to school. They're there for six to eight hours. They get all the knowledge put in their heads. They come home. Maybe they do some homework and we're good. No, that's not the way it works anymore. Parent, if, if you want your kids to thrive, I truly believe parents have to get involved in the process, but it does not have to be difficult. It does not have to be time consuming and it can be fun. And so what I'm trying to do with my course, this is the first one I'm going to be filming more down the road, is to show parents like, this is how you do it. And this is how you make sure your kids are thriving, even if they're in a classroom and you have no idea what's going on in that classroom.
0: I love it. I love that. Like. Cause it's not it's it's not easy, but it's fun. Like you said, it's fun. Like you get to create, you get to be like, "I'm gonna erase all this. This don't make no sense." And you can like create it however you want because you understand because you've been in a classroom. So you see, you have a lot of knowledge because you know, like you said earlier, you you're filling in the gaps with the parents. Because as a parent, I might not be the certain parent that helps with homework, but I'm going to help you understand life and understand like, okay, they taught you this at school. This is how you can apply it to life. And when you break it down to kids to the simplest form so they can understand, it's like it helps them in the long run because it's the long game. It's not where we get our kids in my community. uh, It's like, oh, 18, get out the house. Hold on. Okay. All right. I'm grown. And then Adulthood hits you, and you're like, Oh, I don't want to adult no more. Let me go back. Mom, can I come home? Dad, can I come home? Because they didn't teach you, or they didn't maybe have the resources to show you what it's like. Now it's resources. Now there's no excuse for parents to help their children be successful because there's courses like you have, there's ebooks, there's all kinds of stuff all over. There's programs within your community to help your children. So, like you said, there's no excuse for Parents not to help their kids thrive and not just shove down oh let's go to school, school 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 we're parents we've been there so we shouldn't just force our kids to do something just because that's what society says is to do because when you do what society says you don't be your, you're not yourself you force your kid to go to school and they don't like school
1: mm-hmm. you
0: don't even know that your kid don't like school but you send them to school and then you wonder why they get to college and
1: they fail. Well,
0: and, um, and I, also,
1: I also think that college is not worth it for a lot of kids nowadays. It's become, it's a business, it's become too expensive. And so, you know, I went to Cal State Fullerton in California. I think I spent $12,000 for my degree over four and a half years. And it's like forty dollars or $50,000 now. And that's a Cal State. Like if you go to the UCs, it's more expensive. And if you don't even, let's not even talk about private universities. Like it's just... It's gotten so expensive. So I think if kids like want to be a doctor or a lawyer or engineer, of course, they're going to have to go to college like that's that makes sense. But, you know, if you're talented with music or if you're an artist or if you really like to work on cars like and you know that at a young age, start developing that skill set with your kids. So that when they graduate, then maybe they can find an apprenticeship or maybe they go to community college and take a few classes in that area and then they can create their own job and then it's not a job. Then they're doing something that they're happy doing because how many people out there are working jobs that they're miserable at, but they need that paycheck too many to count. So I want to help shift that and help parents empower parents like you can start to help your kids be able to create a future for themselves And it starts with, it really starts with asking the right questions at the right time. That's it. It's simple. It's so, so simple. We've overcomplicated the process. Like, oh, you have to learn all this. It starts with asking questions and getting off the technology.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it really is like asking questions like, oh, how was your day? Like, no, how do you feel today? Like my son, uh, I'd be like, how was your day? good. And I'm like, dude, you say you have a good day every day. You ain't had a bad day yet. You Nothing's went, oh, well, this, this, and that. Okay. And it's it's about asking questions because in my generation, it wasn't no asking questions. It wasn't no talking. It was none of that. Now it's like, you don't necessarily have to whoop your kids. Like, actually talk to them because guess what? Kids are human and we all have bad days. Like, you can't just be like, oh, your child's been good for the first five weeks of school and they have a bad day and it's maybe a really bad day. Maybe they really had a bad day. Like don't go in there like, Oh, you're in trouble. Like what's wrong? What happened? What's going on? Did somebody bother you? You know, did you know, did I do something wrong? And it's about asking questions and talk, actually talking to your kids and getting to know them, like getting to know what they like, because like you said, um, uh, you're, Oh, go to college. Well, um, I just want to be. I just want to design clothes. I, you know, why do I gotta to go to this big school and waste your money on all this? And I can go over here, or I can get on this college, and it's it's online, and I can stay at home and work a job and save up some money. So when I do leave, I actually got a, a start mm-hmm. because sometimes we don't give kids don't get a start. It's like all right, go here you go, and it's because sometimes I, I be, I'm talk, I was talking to my friends. I was like sometimes. Adults aren't even adults yet. Like you you want your kid to be an adult and you're not even an adult. So how can how can your kid go out there, they're younger than you, don't know nothing, and you expect them to be an adult. You can't. And like you said, it's ask the questions.
1: Well, the prefrontal cortex doesn't even fully develop until kids are on average twenty five years old now. So that totally makes sense. Like that they have a hard time even conceptualizing a future until they're in their, you know, mid to late twenties. But let yeah. me make, like like if let me make a suggestion for you like instead of asking your son like did you have a good day ask him what was your favorite part of the day or um, you know what was your favorite class today or did somebody do something that you didn't like today so if you ask more direct questions you'll be able to open up a conversation and be able to talk more it's Indeed. really just I'm- it's just really redirecting how you ask the questions You're and then, right. always, and then always ask them why always have them explain why because that's the analytical piece that's missing in so in today in so many of today's schools
0: you know what's funny that was part of our PD today it's the why what's your why and asking why and explaining to the kids why we're doing that so Um, This is a new school for me and you have to explain why you're doing stuff. And I, you know, and I'm up there and I did the lesson, but the kids got rowdy and I didn't re-explain why we're doing it. And it like listening to the PD and listening to you, it makes sense. Like you have to explain why, like these kids want to know why, why are we doing this? Where are we going? Whatever the case, they're asking questions and it's like, they're asking because they want to know. They're not just asking just to be like uh,
1: asking. Well, and they're so young, you're modeling behavior for them, especially kindergartners. They're so impressionable right now. So if you explain why, when adults start to ask those kids why, they'll answer instead of just saying like, I don't know. Then they'll actually yeah. and, – and it's not even – they don't even say the words completely. It's a sound. Like it's so funny. It's, it's across the board. But if you start to model that behavior for your young students – they'll some you watch over the course of the school year some of them will start to replicate what you're doing which is what you want
0: and indeed like anything that you do kids are gonna gonna do that like it's so funny when you watch kids like play teacher and they're their teacher and they're doing it in class you like so that's how you think i am huh okay 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 and it's and like you said it's right like Ask why, or you know, that's I do that a lot like when a kid does something. Why why did you do that? Like make that make sense to me of why you did that. Why did you hit this person or uh like the last week? One kid he has long hair and he has beads. Some kid was messing with him and was messing with his hair and he spit on him. I'm like, why would you do that? And why would I ask both of them, why did you touch his hair? You wouldn't want anybody to touch yours. Why would you spit on him? And I explained spitting, because I don't think he understood how bad spitting was and then he was sitting there and he was like I could tell he understood what I was saying he's like dang I I shouldn't have spit on him like that's that's really horrible but it could have been like oh just yelling at him and you're in trouble and you're in trouble but no like nobody's in trouble I get why you did what you did that's not what you should have done and I was like you're lucky he didn't hit you so it's like you know explaining that to him and asking the why why did you do that and it, and it makes sense that you broke it down to me in the simplest form. So I know other parents can get that. And that's simple questions. What's your favorite part of the day? What was your favorite class? Did something bad happen? You know, why? Why was that your favorite? And it's like, exactly. those are simple questions. And I'm sure if I can get that just from this conversation, I'm sure parents can get your course because that that's simple. And it's like you said, it's not hard. But the biggest thing that you said, though, that phone, you got to put that down. You got to put the TV down. You got to actually have time, like, with your kids. And sometimes we get caught up in life and the world, but it's like, put that phone down. Spend time with your kid and actually do stuff and ask questions. And you'll get to see, like, your kid's a dope person. They're not just just a, a kid. They're actually a dope human being when you get to know your kids and just by those simple questions. So you don't have to go into like everything, but what's a few other um, like things that you talk about that helps parents um, with, with your course and to be able to help their children out?
1: Well, I, my course is divided. Like my theory is that there are four pillars of education. You have um, study skills and organization, critical thinking and reading, writing and mindfulness and emotional being. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I truly believe, because I saw this happen time and time again in, oh, in my classroom over the years, if students have a basic foundation of those four pillars, they can approach any class, any topic, any learning environment, and they will have the tool set, the, tool set, the building box, whatever you want to call it, to understand what they're learning. Like if a teacher says, please read this paper and answer the questions they'll know what to do. I used to just do that because that's what the pacing guide said to do. And the kids, they would read, but they were reading for completion, not comprehension. So when they got to the questions, one, they didn't know how to answer them. And two, they didn't know how to write sentences to answer those questions. So it's breaking each of those components down into really short, concise. They're actually in short, concise little videos where I break it down like, okay, the, this is how you teach study skills and organization. This is how you teach reading comprehension to your kids. This is how you break down nonfiction text, and so I break it down in a way that makes it very accessible. And over time, it becomes just part of the natural conversation at home.
0: That's that's helpful because, like, when I was in school, I just did it to because you had to complete it. Like they told me you had to do it for a grade. But I was able to use common sense. Like, I've always been able to use common sense to, like, get through stuff. And it's like, when you read it, if you know the basics of stuff, you can get through it. Excuse me. But that makes so much sense. Like, don't make it seem like, oh, you just got to do it to complete it because then kids are just doing it. And, oh, I'm done. And that makes me think as a teacher, are they just doing it to say they're done? Are they doing it to actually grasp? what's going on so they can use it and it's like hmm okay i need to think i need to rethink now how i'm presenting this to them um so they can understand it and not not just do it cuz sometimes at school it's just doing it i'm i, I got to do it cuz the teacher said my mama said i got to do my homework nobody explained why do you have to do homework why do you have to uh whatever grade why do you have to do that and that makes sense to actually give them a reason why, like a reason why you're doing this and then breaking it down to the parents so we can break it down to them. Cause sometimes, I mean, you can, you can have a teacher or whatever, but sometimes your parents, they show really your parents show you a good portion of your life lessons, And when you can break it down to them or help them and show them that, that's, that's very helpful. And I like the, the pillars, like, uh, study skills. You got to be able to study. It don't matter what it is. It don't matter what you're doing because everything that you do, you have to study. So anybody listening, tell your kids. It don't matter if it's basketball, football, if it's being a lawyer, if it's being a teacher, you have to study your craft. If you don't study your craft, sit down. I tell my son that all the time. He don't watch basketball. You're on the basketball team. Why? What, what are you doing? Why are you watching this YouTube silliness? and you are not studying the game. And you want to get better. You want to be a starter, right? And it's like, you have to study. And I think a lot of people and kids miss that. I didn't realize that to an adult, that you had to study. I thought it was just go, you know, do-do-do-do. But it's like, no, you have to study. If you don't, you're not going to get far. You're not going to be great at whatever you do. And then the emotional well-being, that's very important with our children. Oh, yeah. Because you being a teacher, you say you talk for over. I know you've seen all kinds of craziness that happens with kids. And it's sad. Like even being a parent, I'm like, man, I know life hard, but my kids ain't never going to go through that. Like we're not going to be like and it's like kids go through a lot. And sometimes they come to school and they just happy to be somewhere safe. And when yeah. sometimes like if you're a dickhead of a teacher, you don't realize that like this is their safe place. This is where they actually get food at. This is where somebody tells them, I care about you. And maybe they have a behavior problem because they don't really know how to act because home is crazy. And it's like that part of it, the emotional well being, is very important. Very important for a child, no matter how old they are. Because like you said, you don't really become an adult till you're like 25. Like you, I mean, you are an adult when you turn 18, 21, but you really don't understand life until your mid Mm 20s and so like a person's still a kid and they don't realize they're still a kid oh i want my mommy what you you said you're grown right mom don't come when stuff happens like and kids don't get that because we don't teach them that and i love that at my school we teach social and emotional learning because that's very important so um i almost want to have you come back like to explain like your course and break stuff down um, cause your story was, I love your story. Like you went through all the years of teaching and then you're like, this ain't working for me. Cause y'all, y'all, the way y'all teach, it's just not, it's not it. And I, and I love that because sometimes we don't step outside the box. We don't take that leap and say, Hey, let me do it my way and see what happened. Um, so, cause I don't want to go all into what you, what you do. So but I do want to have you come on again and kind of we can go deeper into that part of it, like what you actually do, what you know, how it can help people. But before um, you tell people how they can reach you, can we get three tips on things parents can do to help their children like be successful? It might not be um, actually like you know, with the school, like with school, it could be whatever you do at home, but give parents three tips that they can utilize, you know, to help their children.
1: Well, I think the number one that we've already talked about is asking questions, constantly asking questions, um, and having kids explain why I think that's crucial. Um, number two is to get your kids reading, not on a phone, not on a Kindle, like actual books. It doesn't have to be a lot. But uh, you start with five minutes a day, just five minutes a day. You'd be amazed at what happens if kids read for five minutes a day, because when kids read, they say they see good writing and then they can become good writers. They pick up spelling like when they're on their phones. We read 25 percent slower on technology. So we've really we've I, I understand the Kindle argument. I get it. But, you know, go to the library. Libraries are still free. Like, go check out books. Find things that your kids are interested in. If they love basketball, like you were saying, and I think the number three thing that they can do is if they really like a subject, utilize that to teach them. So, you know, if they love basketball, print up articles about their favorite basketball player, and then they can read about it, and then they can write about it. So you can kind of trick them into learning based off what they love. Learning doesn't necessarily have to be everything we're taught in the classroom. There's a lot of controversy and debate out there about what's being taught in today's schools anyway. So, you know, figure out what your kids love and and focus on your kid and what they really enjoy. And then they might actually start to enjoy uh, reading and writing more because they're engaged in the topic instead of, Oh, here's the history book that we're reading again. It's, super boring and everybody's read it for, you know, 50 years.
0: Yeah. I, I, I love that. Uh, that idea. I'm, I'm going to do that with my son. Um, cause his favorite player is Steph Curry. And it's like, you're, you're showing them a whole lot and he's like, Oh, okay. I'm... And it's like, now he, like you said, now he's reading, now he's writing. And then I think when you have them do that, they're writing from the heart they're writing. They're not writing because you told them this is what they need to write. They're just writing what they read and what they love about this person or whatever it is. And that will have them be able to be a better writer. Cause a a lot of writing comes from the heart, like no matter kind of what you do, even if it's a paper at school or if it's a poem or journaling, it's like, it comes from the heart. It comes, you know, your thoughts, but then it comes from your heart and that show that'll help them. So I'm going to do that with my son. I'm going to, He starts basketball season, but I'm going to have him do it like when he's with me so I can show him. Because even though it's it's not reading or actual book like with YouTube, uh, Mm -hmm. it's 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 um, what is it? It's a it's it's called Art Hub and it shows you how to draw. And I'll see him in, you know, me and him used to do it together and I'll see him in here. He might be on whatever he's watching, but he's drawing. And he, and he, that's one thing I noticed about him. He loves to draw and color because I, you know, I helped him with that or his mom would draw or color with him. And those little things, just seeing what your kid likes. And I'm like, okay, let's figure out how we, I can help you draw better or whatever the case may be. And that's something that we both like to do. So I'm definitely going, I, I took some notes from this. That's why I said, need to get you on again. Cause you're very helpful to parents. Like just in this conversation, like, most of the stuff you said that was helpful was simple and if sometimes you just need somebody outside the box to be like hey easy like asking questions but asking the right question so i love those three tips um but before you tell people how they can reach you um, i need a quote um it could be your quote it could be a quote you've seen whatever the qu- case may be but i need a quote
1: um i think the way i live my life is Trust you're exactly where you're supposed to be, no matter what's happening, because life is always happening for you, not to you.
0: Indeed. Indeed. I I, I had to learn that. It's like, I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, whatever it is I get to, because some people don't get to.
1: Well, I so mean- I love that with all my health issues and quitting my job and stuff, you know, I was really angry and depressed and sad for years. And it was like, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And as soon as I shifted into the, like, this is part of my journey. This is all, this is what I'm supposed to be experiencing. Like my, my, mind, things just shifted on so many different levels.
0: Yeah. That's that's me. Like it took 30 years to realize why I was born the way I was born. It was like, oh, I get it. It wasn't for me. It's for somebody else to hear how I got through whatever. Or like now, like you said, when you go through stuff, it's like I I had to go through that. If I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be able to be the person I am today. And people don't realize that you have to go through every storm, every adverse, every challenge is meant for you because you're supposed to be a better person afterwards. So I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do. I appreciate you coming on the show and I can't wait to see what happens with your course and everything else. Cause I know it's going to be helpful because you helped me like just those little things. And if I stick to it and be consistent, I can hit you up and be like, Hey, those work. Just asking those three questions that you told me or whatever the case may be has been
1: helpful. And the other thing is be consistent anybody can start strong for a few weeks and then tapers off. You know, they say it takes however long to develop a habit. If, if you consistently ask those questions on a daily basis, like even just five days a week for six months, you'd be amazed at, at the shifts you will see. And it doesn't have to be hard. It can be really, really simple.
0: Mm. So, so tell people how they can uh, oh, go ahead and tell people how they can reach you.
1: Okay, so my website is Maynard's Mindful Matters. My last name is spelled M-A-Y-N-A-R-D and then mindfulmatters.com. You can get information about the course. You can learn more about me. You can learn more about my education philosophy, um, all kinds of good stuff. And then I'm on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Same handle, Maynard's Mindful Matters for all three of them.
0: All right, now I have that in the show notes. Um, I appreciate you again. Like, I always, like, when people are on here, like, especially when they're they're leaving an impact, I always try to give them their flowers because, like, it's very helpful to hear from somebody that you're doing good because sometimes on that journey, especially entrepreneurs, like, am I doing what the hell I'm supposed to be doing? Because this, this don't seem like it. But just knowing that, You were able to help somebody. Like, I'm a parent. You're able to help me with just those few questions. So, I know you'll be able to impact others. So, again, I appreciate you for coming on. I appreciate you for adding value. And before we get out of here, do you have any closing words?
1: Um, Teaching your kids doesn't have to be hard. And I really, I really want to pave the way to help make bridge the gap between. I'm sorry, bridge the gap to have parents feel like they can step in and actually fill in the gaps that the schools are missing. So their children can thrive because I know a lot of parents are worried that their kids have fallen behind because of COVID for whatever reason, and they don't know what to do. And instead of sitting them down in front of a computer with another tutor, which gets expensive, let me let, let try my try my techniques out, you know, give me a try, like. Let's see, you know, can you can you step into that role and help your kids out? And I bet that again, if you're consistent, you'll see the changes that, that you want to see. And it does, again, it doesn't have to be difficult. It's simple, it's cost effective, and it can be fun and engaging for your kids. Like that just seems like such a win-win-win situation to me. So
0: yes, that de- definitely does. know, on that note, peace, one love. I'm the underdog with the heroic heart. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family.